the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Amen. Amen. Okay, so last week I started teaching. I want to get into what I started doing last week. We are continuing. You see, the believer is one who is governed and ruled by the word of God. Somebody say, as a child of God, child of God I, am I am ruled and governed, and governed by, the by the word of God. Two things actually regulate the lives of a believer. Two things. One is the word of God. Two is the spirit of God. The Bible says, if you are my disciples, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So one of the things that distinguishing features about us as disciples of Christ is our ability to continue in God's word, to stay in the word, to remain true, to remain steadfast in the, in the face of a stiff opposition to the word of God. Maintaining the confession of our faith is critical. And then it talks about the fact that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you here with me? So it's important that we appreciate that being a Christian is not just about being in church, but allowing the word of God to form the basis of your decisions and your actions. And it's not limited to one area of your life. It's supposed to be extended to every area of your life. Every area of your life. It should affect your relationship. It will affect the way you think. It should affect everything about your life. And then, of course, when it affects every area of your life, it will affect your money. And that is why last week I began bringing your mind to this reality. If there is one subject that Christians are generally very hypocritical about... And the world will have us be eternally mute about is the subject of money. And I told you that Jesus knew this and he addressed the subject of money a lot in his teachings. One of the things I've seen in the body of Christ is when it comes to money, there are those who would not want to have the church talk about money. Because they feel that the subject has been abused in Christian circles. But you see, abuse is not... Uh, a legitimate reason for non-use. That somebody has abused something does not mean that another person should not use it. Praise the Lord. If you are abusing a subject, it's possible that we don't know its purpose or we don't know how to take it. And that is why God's word comes in to shape how we relate with money. The way a believer relates with money is supposed to be different totally from the way an unbeliever relates with money. And I told you last week that there are four dangerous ways. I think I told you three dangerous ways to relate with money. Those ways I will show you before the series is over. 
four dangerous ways, three or four dangerous ways I've seen in scripture where people relate with money. And every time you are not properly instructed from God's word on how the best way to relate with money, your relationship with money will be wrong. A lot of people believe that money is evil. A lot of people think that money does not matter. But we go to work for the same thing every day. The thing that we have a negative mind about, we are also striving to, striving to get it. Are you here with me? Yeah. When we talk about money in every other place, it's fine. It's only in church that we shouldn't talk about money. But the truth of the matter is that it's only in church we can get the best understanding about money. Why? The earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. The Bible said the silver and gold are mine, saith the Lord. Now if God made the money, if God owns the silver and the gold, then he must have a purpose and a sense why we should have it and why we should use it. So I started teaching on blessed to be a blessing. Somebody say blessed to be a blessing. And the title of the teaching last week, which I'm doing part two today, is Financial Prosperity is God's Will for Me. Somebody say, Financial Prosperity is God's Will for Me. Say, Financial Prosperity is God's Will for Me. You have to understand and know whatever God's will is for you and then make sure that you achieve it. When people think about prosperity, they think about becoming a millionaire. That's not what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. And I told you last week, not every Christian will be a millionaire, but it is God's will for every Christian to have enough to meet their needs and to be a blessing to others. Somebody say, it's God's will for me to have enough to meet my needs and to be a blessing. Yeah, that's it. That, this, this is a fundamental will of God. And you can, you can see it from scripture. You can preach it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's clear. God's will is that we do well. There are times where we have to endure a season of affliction for his purposes. But God's primary will is for us to do well. And that's what I've been seeking to help you appreciate. Until we embrace the mind of God about a subject... We cannot walk in the reality of the truth therein. And that's why it's important. In the book of 3 uh, John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray in all respect that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Somebody say, God wants me well in my soul, in my body, and in my finances. And I tell you, if you are not well in your finances, sometimes you will not be well in your body. If you are not well in your finances, soul health can be a challenge. Are you here with me? That's why it's important. The prosperity that Christ has for us or God wants for us is the one that affects our soul, our spirit, and our body. The prosperity of the believer begins with the prosperity of his soul. Anywhere prosperity is talked about, there is a priority for the prosperity of your soul. Pursuing prosperity at the expense of your soul is dangerous. That is why some people would not want to pursue it at all. But it's not about not pursuing it. It's about having the priorities right. Are you here with me? 
The Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16, 26. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall a man profit? What is a man profited? He shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. So God has established the fact that there is a greater value for your soul than for your money, material gain. But that does not nullify the fact that Christ wants you well. Somebody say, Christ wants me well. Okay, Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, the Lord be magnified which had pleasure in the prosperity of his people. Somebody say, God is pleased when I prosper. Say, God is pleased when I prosper. Second Corinthians 8, 9. So he says, that for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became. Somebody say, yet for your sake. He became. Now, you see, everything that Jesus became for our sake, we owe it to him to become that thing. Are you here with me? Everything he became for our sake, we must make sure that we become. He became, a he was made sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God. So you can't live below that. He became poor so that you might be made rich. You can't accept that. He became sick. The Bible said he was nailed to the cross on your behalf. So you'll be well. So you have to release your faith to become everything Christ was made for you to become. That's why this teaching is fundamental. Martin Luther King said that any religion that claims to be concerned about people without addressing the economic condition that strangle them is a dry and useless religion. I realized that he picked that quote from James chapter 1 verse 27. Religion that pleases God the Father must be pure and spotless. You must help needy orphans and widows and not let this world make you evil. How many of you know that prosperity can help orphans much more than prayer can help them? The prayer is good. Prayer is good. But prosperity can make you more of a greater blessing than just prayer and God be with you. God is with them even when you don't say God should be with them. In fact, they don't need you to say God be with them for God to be with them. According to Psalms, he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So the fact that they have been abandoned by their parents makes them automatic properties of God. But there's something else they need, and that is getting their needs met. Are you here with me? Last week, I walked you through. And the way I'm running this is to help you to establish the priority. Because if you are going to walk in financial prosperity, in the here and in the, in the hereafter, you need to appreciate priority. Somebody say priority. priority. Yeah, because when Jesus talked about money in Matthew, his focus was on priority. It was not about money itself. It was about priority. He says, everything you need, your father knows you need them. Your father knows you need a car. Your father knows you need a house. Your father knows you need all the things you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you need will be added unto you. So seeking God and putting God first is not to be a loser. It's for you to put things in their right perspective. Somebody say right perspective. Right. Say right perspective. Right. 
And if you are going to be destroyed by money, it is also going to be dependent on how you make money your priority. There are people, money is a, a primary subject to them and they, 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 they pursue money to the neglect of everything that is important. They destroy relationship, destroy everything that is great because they want to make money. That's different. In fact, when you read the book of First Timothy, it talks about it. So I, I'm not going to teach you why you must prosper. I will also give you biblical instructions about the dangers of prosperity. Because you can't do a biblical exegesis or a biblical teaching on finance without also appreciating the fact that money can also be dangerous. Yeah, money can be. Money can be. And I will show you how money can be dangerous. And then at the end of the day, I will leave you to choose. But in your choosing, choose money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you see, God has already given you the way out of it. He has given you what? The way out of it. There's a way out of it. There's a way out of it. So he told, he said there are people who teach on, they teach not after godliness. What they teach is that godliness is a means to financial gain, which is not. Somebody say godliness, godliness. is a means to financial gain. Yeah, they think that once you place your faith in Christ, it's an automatic license to be rich. No, that's not what it is. It's not an automatic license to be rich. Serving God well will not translate to automatic riches. That's not what it is. The gospel is not uh, uh, to come and make money. That's not what the gospel is about. Are you here with me? Yeah. The gospel demands a response and the response is your life and everything that represents your life, which your money is an integral part. So we said that number one, financial prosperity is God wants you to do well financially and prosper. Because it is critical for the establishment of his covenant and the building of his church on the earth. Somebody say, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah, God has a business. He has a reason. He has an agenda. God has a purpose for everything he does. When he created man, he created him to be in dominion and have to take charge over his creation. Everything God does is with a purpose. There's nothing that God does without a purpose. He's not a purposeless God. Everything he does. And he says the reason why he gives us power. And I like the word. In the book of uh, Deuteronomy 8, 18. He said he gives us power to get wealth. It's important. He did not say he gives us wealth. But he gives us power to get. So the getting is yours. That's why some people get money better than others. Because they put the power God has given them into a better and a profitable use. That's why I said that not every Christian may become a millionaire because not every one of us may be able to engage the power to the status of earning so much. But every Christian, it is God's will that you do well. Somebody say, I'm doing well. Say, I'm doing well. When God gives you money, it is not first and foremost for you. It is because of him. Now, if you can get, get this and it will become your way of life, you will begin to enjoy God's grace and mercies in the area of your finances. He does not give you money just because of you. He gives you money because he has a purpose. And you want to know, Lord, why have you given me this? Everything he gave you, the skill set, the intelligence, the opportunities he's given you, it is so you can accomplish his purpose for on, on the planet. And one of the greatest purposes of God is that souls will be saved and the church will be established. Are you here with me? 
in the book of Nehemiah 2 and 20, he says, So I answered them, The God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. Somebody say, God prospers us. So we will arise and build. Yeah, God prospers us. So we will arise and build. And then number two, we said, because the kingdom, the fulfillment of the Great Commission demands it. Somebody say, the fulfillment of the Great Commission demands it. Now, the Great Commission is the mandate to take the gospel to the nations of the world. That is an assignment nobody has, no organization has, but the church. The UN does not have that mandate. UNICEF doesn't have that mandate. There is no organization on the earth with the mandate of getting so saved and established and prepared for eternity except the church. And one of the reasons why God prospers us is so that we will give for that purpose. He said in the book of Matthew 24 verse 14, he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations. Then the, 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 the end of the earth will come. So that's number two. Number three, we said, because our influence and impact on earth as salt and light will be limited or ignored without prosperity. Somebody say, my influence and impact will be limited or ignored without prosperity. You see, money makes everything big in the world we live in. True? Yeah, money makes everything big. Money makes everything big. Money can make a song that is not good become a first song, first written song. It's not that it's the best song, but it's the most marketed song. It's the most played song. Are you here with me? So it's important. Money matters. And you see, whatever matters in this world, God has something to say about it. Anything that concerns humanity on the planet, he made the planet, he put everything in the planet, and anything that concerns our welfare, our well-being on the planet, God has something to say about it. And you always, the Christian is always seeking to align his mind with what God's word has to say about the things that he's confronted with and engaged with. So that is key. The Bible says, wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is hated even of his own neighbor. Somebody say, wealth, wealth makes many friends. Yeah. And then, of course, number four, we said that the voice and the light of the gospel will be silenced and extinguished without prosperity. Somebody say, the voice. The voice. Say the voice. the voice. Say the voice. And the light of the gospel will be extinguished without prosperity. Now, this is key. This is key. The Bible says, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Matthew 28, verse 11 to 15. Matthew 28, verse 11 to 15. The good news version. Let me read this to you and see why this is so critical. While the women went on their way, this is Jesus, the resurrection story of Jesus I was telling you last week about. Some of the soldiers guarding the tomb went back to the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. Now listen. The first people who witnessed the resurrection of Christ, it was not the women. The first people to notice that Jesus was risen were the soldiers. Were the soldiers. They saw it. They knew everything because they were guarding the place. If there was anybody who knew that the, the, so Jesus was risen, they were the first to know it. And if there was anybody whose testimony will convince everybody that truly Christ is risen, that testimony is none other but that of the soldiers. 
But do you know that that testimony never came to light? It never. Look at this. He says, while the women went on their way, some of the soldiers guarding the tomb went back to the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. What had happened? Jesus had risen. They had gone to the tomb and they had thought, the man is not there. Now listen, the chief priests met with the elders and made their plan. Look at this. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Somebody say large sum. Say large sum. They gave a large sum of money to them. A small money. Large sum. And said, now listen, look at what they are going to say. They are going to control the narrative. Jesus is risen. This is a supernatural work because Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. But that which has been done supernaturally by the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be silenced by the power of money. The Holy Ghost lifted him from the grave. But that which had happened was going to be silenced, not by anything, but the power of money. You are to say, ask your neighbor, what is making you say what you are saying? <laughs> yeah, sometimes when a journalist is on TV and is pushing a certain agenda, we have to ask ourselves, what is making this man say what he's saying? Sometimes you are talking with your husband and his heart is boiling. You have to be patient, wife. Find out what is making my husband say what he's saying. I'm reading from Matthew 28, verse 11 to 15. This is a good news version. You are to say. Somebody say you are to say. Say you are to say. Yeah. They are trying to get Africa to say. LGBT is okay. It's money. We are to say. It is okay for man to sleep with man. We are to say. And listen, if we continue to say it, we will say it for a long time. Very soon, they will say it's okay for man and pig to flow together. We will move. It's, it's, we have moved. We have moved. We have come from a very far. That's how, that's how Satan is. It never gets better. It gets worse with time. We are to say. You are to say that his disciples came during the night and stole his body while you were asleep. This is what you must say. And do you know that that is what a lot in, in the Middle East, the Jewish people believe this than they believe that Jesus is risen. That's why they are not saved. I mean, if you are just going by the natural man, you should believe it. They were the people who were guarding the place. And they said that they saw that the people came to carry. The, the, you see, but if you look at it, these people who are soldiers, his disciples came. What kind of arms did they use to carry them? And so, listen, and so they knew that the story they were giving them was wrong. But money could make the wrong look right. So look at what they said. He said, when you go, we know this story. The question that pastor just asked, the elders will also ask. And so when it comes to them also, we also saw them out. So they are paying at every face. They are paying what? At every face. Now listen. When we talk about money and the unbelievers don't want Christians, they want us to be poor. Why do they want us to be poor? So that they can say what they want us to say. Not what God wants us to say. You can be a pastor and you are saying what people want you to say and not what God wants you to say. You can prophesy and say what people want you to say and not what God wants you to say. Because there is something where you say there is one big man he may leave church. So you can't say it. 
Am I communicating here? So he said, Say this. Verse 14. That's why you cannot be poor. You won't be poor. Look at verse 14. Look at 14, please. Look at it. 14. And if the governor should hear of this, we will convince him that you are innocent. And you have nothing to worry. Now look at verse 15. Then the guards took the money and did what they were. They did what they were. They did what they were told to do. Say what they were supposed to say. And that ended everything. This is why the church has to be blessed. That's why Satan has an agenda. And the agenda is to keep the believer poor. He makes you think less about money. He makes you feel that money doesn't matter. But scripture is changing our mindset. Say scripture is changing my mindset. Number six, which is number one in this session. We are doing five more reasons why God wants you to prosper and do well financially. One, because prosperity, your prosperity confirms God's character as a good and generous father. Somebody say, my prosperity confirms God's character as a good and generous father. Yeah. One of the characteristics of a good father is that he meets the needs of his children. Is that not it? Every good father, if you had a good father, you know that a good father meets the needs of his children. And he meets their needs and goes beyond their needs and leaves them an inheritance. The Bible describes God as good. Nahum 1.7. He said, the Lord is good. Somebody say, the Lord is good. Say, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust him. Jeremiah 33 verse now. Look at this with me, please. I'm doing this teaching precept upon precept because you need to understand this. And it should form your thinking about your value about money. Look at this. It shall be to me a name. Let's read it together. A name of joy and praise and honor before all. Which I. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity. Did you hear that? He says, it shall be to me honor and praise. When people see my goodness to my children, when they see my goodness, my prosperity are brought to them, it will bring me honor and praise. You see, it is dishonoring when you are a father, you can be the basic needs of your children. If you are a genuine father, you will not be happy in yourself. You are a proper one. You will never, never. And the book of Matthew tells us, Matthew 6, verse 7, verse 7 to 11. He said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He said, everyone that asketh receiveth. He that knocketh find. And he to him that seeketh, it shall be opened. Then he looks. He said, oh, what man is there? Somebody say, what man is there? Okay. This is God speaking through Christ. What man is there of you? Whom if his son asks bread, he will give stone. Verse 10. <laughs> or ask fish, will give a serpent. So that you will never ask again. <laughs> if you then, look at this. He, he, he gives you a, 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 a total different picture. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more what? How much more shall your which is in give good things to those who ask him? 
And one of those good things is money. May the Lord give you money. May the Lord bless you with divine ideas and prosper you in every way. That is number number one. Number two is that it's an integral part of your redemptive heritage in Christ. Somebody say, my redemptive heritage in Christ. Say, I have a heritage in Christ. Prophetically, the psalm says in Psalm 16 verse 6, he said that the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Say, I have a goodly heritage. Say it, I have a goodly heritage. Yeah, you have a goodly heritage. You have a glorious inheritance in Christ. There is an inheritance for you in Christ. And this inheritance is not just heavily. It's also earthly. Many people want us to so focus on heaven that we forget about the, the, the earth. But those are the two platforms we live. We are citizens of heaven and we live on the earth. That's why the Bible describes us as ambassadors. We, heaven is a place where we are and the earth is a place where we are in transit. Am I communicating? Our ultimate destination. But we are not just on earth just to fill space. We are here to make impact. We are here to impact the world and to affect our generation for eternity. This life here is a dress rehearsal for life in eternity. And everything God gives us is to so prepare us so that in eternity we will forever be excited and join eternity with God. So don't be in a hurry to go if God is not calling you. Get busy while you are here. Because when you cross over, you are just entering into your rest. But this is your season of work. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. I've read a few commentaries on this particular text. And it's amazing how people try to interpret it and make it mean something else. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. <laughs> All kinds of things. Then they say, it's not, he wasn't talking about material prosperity. He was talking about spiritual prosperity. Really? <laughs> for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor. That you through his poverty might be. He became. You see, the moment you begin to spiritualize this one and make it look like it's not for now, it's for something else. You will spiritualize health. You will spiritualize every other thing. But God knows that your life is not just spiritual. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He understands that. Jesus operated on both planets. That's why when they came for taxes, he didn't say, hey, my kingdom is not on this earth. I don't pay tax. He said, go, cast the hook. Take the first fish that you cut, there will be gold. Use it to go and pay. Because on this planet, you have to pay for things. He became poor that you through his poverty. So by redemption. Now let me tell you something. When God made man, he didn't make man poor. Do you know? He didn't make man poor. When God made man, he put him in a garden. Everything Adam needed was in the garden. That's why we don't have any prayer point recorded in Genesis. Because there was none. There was nothing for any need to be met. Adam had all his needs met. All he needed to do was to obey God. That's all. And you see, it's the same thing God wants to do. God wants to meet all our needs. The only condition is that he wants us to obey him. That's all. He wants us to obey him. 
He wants us to obey him. So Job chapter 36, and Job is, is presumed to be the oldest book in the Bible. Job 36 verse 11, he said, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. That's all Adam needed to do. Adam just needed to obey God, align himself with God, do what God wanted him to do, and then enjoy the best of God. Adam will not. That's how Adam came into lack and want. You see, this picture of redemption actually uh, come in handy for me. The children of Israel were in servitude for 430 years. God was bringing them out. When he said he was ready to bring them out, God said, I'm bringing you out of Egypt into Cana. And as I'm bringing you out, I'm not going to bring you out empty. God has brought us, delivered us from the bondage of sin, which is Egypt. And he's taking us into our promised inheritance in Christ. And he's not going to do that empty. Somebody say empty. empty. Yeah, he said you shall not go empty. I remember many years ago on campus, I preached, I shall not go empty. Those were times where I was preaching machine. I shall not go empty. <laughs> you will not go empty. So imagine, where are you going? Go through life empty. Go through life empty. See, when you are empty, you are not able to make contribution. You can't make a difference in anybody's life. Yeah? But God doesn't want you to be empty. He wants you to be loaded so you can distribute. Is that not what the Bible says? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, not trust nonsense. But the, he who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, he wants you to be loaded so you can become a distribution center. You are not supposed to be a lack center. You are supposed to be a distribution center. And I pray that you fulfill that destiny in Christ. Amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. The psalmist was speaking about the benefit and the blessings of redemption in Psalm 103 verse 125. And look at how he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now follow me. These are the benefits of redemption. Redemption. Who forgiven all thy iniquities? How many of you know that all your iniquities have been forgiven? Present, past, future, they have been forgiven. All your iniquities have been forgiven. Say, I remember your sin no more. Okay. Who healed all thy diseases? How many of you believe that that's God's will for you? Medicine is God's wisdom for those who can live by faith. So God is not against medicine. He healed all thy diseases. All thy diseases. That's his wisdom. Now go to verse 4. He says, Who redeemed thy life from destruction? Eternal destruction. Your life has been redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed from destruction. Who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercy? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God has delivered you from uh, destruction. He's crowned you with tender mercies so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Now go to verse 5. Who satisfy your mouth? So redemption is incomplete if your mouth is not satisfied. Are you here with me? Yeah. He sat as part of redemption. God is committed to satisfy you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. May you be satisfied with good things. Every good thing never comes cheap. Good things are not cheap in this life. So that your youth is renewed like that of the eagle. This is where we stand with God. Number, number three, 
Because it honors and empowers you to live holy. Somebody say, money can empower you to live holy. Say, money can empower you to live holy. I tell you, there are some sins you will stop committing if you have money. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There are people who will not lie but for hunger. <laughs> Proverbs of the 30, verse 7 to 9. <laughs> Proverbs 30. Oh God, I beg you two favors. May he answer you. <laughs> I beg you two favors. Let me have them before I die. This prayer, I don't completely agree with him. I agree with some of the things, but not all the things. And sometimes I'm even tempted that God will even find a difficulty answering that prayer. Okay. But some of the things he says here are true. He says, first, two things. Somebody say two things. The first is what? Help me never to tell a lie. How many of you think it's a good thing? May the Lord help us never to lie. Help me never to tell a lie. (laughs) Then he says, give me neither poverty nor riches. (laughs) so the question is what should he give you (laughs) don't give me poverty don't give me riches and the reason I'm saying that I'm not I'm tempted to believe God will not fall for this kind of prayer is because according to 1st Timothy says he giveth us richly all things to enjoy richly not sparsely it gives us richly all things to enjoy. That we do good, that we we'll be rich in good ways, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Now, this self-prayer will not will have a difficulty passing because one is selfish. Not telling a lie is good, but the prosperity bit, he said, give me neither poverty nor riches. According to James, a double-minded person is unstable in all his way. I don't know which I want, poverty nor riches. Okay. <laughs> now, give me just enough to satisfy my needs. God does not just want to satisfy your needs. He wants to give you capacity to meet the needs of others. I will bless thee that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So when you are blessed, people must be blessed through you. Yes. Are you here with me? Yes. Yeah. When you are blessed, you must be a blessing. When you are blessed, you must be a blessing. You can't claim you are blessed when you are a blessing to no one. Somebody must be blessed through you. Somebody must be blessed through you. Now go to verse 9. He said, for if I grow, now this is what the challenge is, and this is true. He said, for if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Follow these two very carefully. When I am rich, but you see, the reason I'm saying this, <laughs> when you go to First Timothy, this is a Old Testament wisdom. We are looking at the wisdom of Christ. First Timothy says that, charge those who are rich in the world not to be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. The moment you make a quality decision, I'm not going to be proud, I'm not going to be uh, trust in uncertain riches, you have already robbed money the power to make you deny the Lord. Am I communicating here? Yeah, but once you place your faith and confidence in money, God becomes one of those entities on the list. Who is the law? And if I'm too poor, I may steal. Somebody say, I may steal. I may steal. 
Is it not interesting that in the Lord's Prayer, before he says, lead us not into temptation, he said, give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> Have you thought about it? Yes. Give us this day our daily bread. Because if the daily bread is not there, if you don't give me my daily bread, <laughs> you will not lead me. I will lead myself into temptation. <laughs> yeah, he will not. The Bible said the thief comes only except to see, to kill, and to destroy. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There was a lady in this church many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. She finished school. She was in one of the units around. She joined the church as a student. Really? Joined many. Then, at some point, I heard she wanted to marry. Not long after school. Really? Who is this girl going to marry? But later on, we realized that she had married a Muslim. And she married the Muslim for economic reasons. You are saying, ah, I'll show you a scripture that makes a Muslim who is able to meet the needs of his family better than a Christian who is broken can meet the needs of his family. I'm not saying that it will make the Muslim just with God, no. no. Money does not justify a person before God. Whether you are poor, you are rich, it doesn't determine your status with God. Am I communicating here? Yeah, but money can empower you to be more useful to God than poverty. Are you here with me? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what all the emphasis I'm talking about money is. Don't, don't get it twisted. Money will not make you more spiritual. As powerful as money can help you to do the right thing, money can also equip you to do many wrong things. That's why you need to have something that controls you and restrains you when money is in your hands. Money is a great servant but a bad master. When money begins to lead you, money empowers you to afford certain sins. That others cannot afford. <laughs> because, you see, <laughs> some sins have a price. So, if you don't have a certain money, you are already cut off from that range. Yeah, you are cut off. <laughs> it's, it's, so, you are, not, you are not doing them not because you love God. You are not doing them because you are poor. You can't afford it. Yeah, you can't afford it. So, please don't, don't get it. But it's important. It's important. Abraham was rich. Was he not rich? Did the Bible not describe him as a friend of God? Lazarus was damn poor. Was he not a friend of God? He was also a friend of God. So it's your choice. It's your choice. But listen, Abraham was more useful. Lazarus, where did we hear of him? Yeah, there's a much said about. But in almost every book of the Bible, Abraham is mentioned. All the categories. There is a law. There is a prophet, there is history, and there is a, the gospel, and then we have the letters. In all of them, if you go into the various books, in, you will see Abraham mentioned everywhere because it was an important so that the Bible says those who are of faith are blessed or faithful Abraham. Why are we not blessed or faithful Lazarus? Why are we not blessed or faithful Lazarus? Praise the Lord. So he says, don't give me poverty nor riches. For if I grow rich, I may and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Poverty can make you do things that God doesn't want you to do. Say things God doesn't want you to say. Go to play. Marry people God doesn't want you to marry. Yeah. 
time I, they were introduced, I heard that he was going to marry. So the name is uh, Ashud Mahmoud something. I said, this name. <laughs> I, I realized this name. This name. Somebody I've been preaching the gospel to. And those times, the kind of holiness message I used to preach, eh? No, 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 no. It was a messless holiness. Yeah. We are going to have fire straight. Hey! I'll preach some things before. No, 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 no. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. I will preach holiness with no love. And in spite of that hot message, the best choice was a Muslim sheikh who has money. It's clearly stated, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. How can light be joined to darkness? Say, so, oh, mama, this brother, he's a good man. He's a Christian. Your mother, in her, <laughs> in her unborn again state, what did he bring home? That's a question they will ask you. It's important. So if you are a Christian man and you are just there, I just love God. I just want to be there. Give me neither poverty nor riches. <laughs> Continue praying. <laughs> Number four. Prosperity can empower you to serve God joyfully without distractions. You are not distracted. Somebody say prosperity. prosperity. Yeah, it can help you to serve God without, without thinking about some things. <laughs> you see, there are some things when you think about and worry about them, you can't be effective for God. Jesus knew it all. I love Jesus. In Matthew 6 verse 30. <laughs> he said, take no thought of what you eat what you drink, what you wear. These are things when you think about them, you can be effective and fruitful. For all these things, your heavenly father knows you have need of them. 32. But after all these things, the Gentiles are seeking. When you are busily seeking these things, you won't have time to serve God. Are you here with me? Yeah. But when God asked them to you, that's why he said, when you seek me first, I will add them to you so you can remain focused and serve me. I will add them to you. I will add them to you. I know you need them. But the thing is that I don't want you to put them above me. So keep me where I am supposed to be and I will add them to you. Now in Deuteronomy, he said, when you have eaten and food, then you shall bless God. Deuteronomy 8.10. <laughs> when you have eaten and you are full, you come and let's lift up our hands and pray. Listen, somebody has not eaten. How did they lift their hands? Now you see this praise and worship leader. Please rise. I want you to sing with a lot of energy. Where is the energy going to come from? You have taken some banku and fried rice and you are here leading us, jumping. You think everybody is like you? Deuteronomy, when you have eaten and full, then you shall bless. So when you are hungry and not full, you may not bless. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47 and 48. He said, because you are not serving the Lord. Now look at this. Because you did not serve the Lord. Your God with joyfulness. There's a way you serve God. With, with what? Joyfulness. With joyfulness and gladness. For when you have the abundance of everything, joy is not a prayer point. You see, there's the joy of the Holy Ghost. And there's the joy of answered prayer. Am I communicating here? Yeah. 
There's joy in spite of, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the flock shall be cut off. Yet I will rejoice. But there's another rejoicing Paul also talked about. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Can you see that? I rejoice in the Lord what? There is a way when money to meet the needs of the ministry are available. There is a way pastors talk. Yes. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. But if people are looking for me to collect their money for rent, for electricity, after service, I can't rejoice in the Lord greatly. This is Paul talking. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. That at last you care for me. You care for me as flourish again. Though you surely did care by your lack of opportunity. Now look at what he's saying. He says, Not that I speak in regard of need, for I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. It's, um, I know how to be content and all of that. But let me tell you something. Verse 11, 12. I know how to abase. I know how to abound. And I've learned in all things both to be hungry. That's not where I'm going. Verse 14. 14. Nevertheless, you have done well. Somebody say you have done well. You have done well that you shared with me in my distress. Verse 15. You Philippians also know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent eight again, once and again to, for my necessities. 7, 17. I speak not because I desire to give, but fruit may abound. Verse 18. Uh-huh. This is where, this is the number one reason why I say I rejoice greatly because I have, oh, I am bound, I am full, having received from Epiphroditus the things which you sent. I've received all of them. So he started, I rejoice greatly because he has received all of them. I rejoice greatly. Listen. <laughs> when you hear some pastor preaching hard and saying some things, <laughs> maybe sometimes what will change the message is a bag of rice in his kitchen. The message. It may change everything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. When you have bills, outstanding bills, they are not paid, and you are, how can you rejoice? When it comes, it's hell and brimstone. That's all you hear. The Bible says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness, then he says, for the abundance of all things. For the abundance of all things. For the abundance of all things. You will serve your enemy. Which Peter left and went back. He became distracted. Do you know? He told him, he committed the people into his hands. Peter, you are the rock. I will build my church. Powerful, powerful revelations. Everything. When Jesus died, things became tough. Miracles were not happening. No money. Peter said, is that how we are going to go? I'm going back to fishing. He went back to fishing. Became distracted. He couldn't stay focused. He couldn't stay focused. So when God prospers you, he's supposed to help you focus and serve him. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's, that's why God gives you money. He wants you to do well. Because when you have too many concerns, you can't focus. He said, take no thought what you eat. So you are thinking about it. He knows you are thinking about it. 
take no thought what you eat, what you wear. All of these things, they distract your focus. They call them the curse of this life. Look at this. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns, among thorns, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. Somebody say life worries. Ah, life worries. Choke riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Life worries. Life worries. May you rise and triumph over life worries. So we've looked at the first set five, and this is the second set of five. The last one for today is, because it's essential for meeting your personal needs and enjoying your life here on earth. How many of you know that God is not an anti-enjoyment God? You know, there are some Christians who think that even if you eat in a nice restaurant, you may go to hell. I'm telling you, you see, there's a way poverty can shape your theology. Poverty can shape your theology to make you see some things. I'm telling you. I was on tech campus this morning, I was, and I was telling them, you have heard people say, and I had a revelation and I went to hell. How many of you have heard this? Sometimes you see, you see them on WhatsApp and you share them. If you want to share them, never share them with me. I went to hell and I saw that people, ladies who wear earrings, if you don't have money to buy a nice one and wear, keep your mouth shut and let people be free. If you don't have money to make up, don't say make up is taking people to hell. Am I communicating here? Use your dry face and live your life like that. But don't let poverty shape your theology. I mean, the thing that surprises me most is the fact that it's always hell they go to. Why don't they go to heaven? <laughs> Why is it that when you have a revelation, you don't go to heaven? You are seated in Christ far above principalities. You are a citizen of heaven. And every time you are visiting hell, you have a dream and it's about hell. It doesn't disturb you. Eh? It disturbs me. Because the first person who went to hell, so that I never have to go to hell in a dream or in physical, listen, is Christ. He went to hell for me, so I don't need to be there. He went to hell for me, so I don't need to be there. You are always going there, and when you come back from there, you only come to frighten us who are already seated in heaven, that we are going to hell. What kind of person are you? We are seated in heaven, you are frightening us. All ladies who wear jeans will go to hell. Because of your crooked legs, you can't wear jeans. He said, ladies are wearing jeans. Are going to hell. If you are getting those visions from today, stop having those visions. They are not of God. <laughs> they, are not, they are not of God. And for people, that is Christianity. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. Somebody says, God wants to meet my needs. And he wants me to enjoy my life. Say he wants me to enjoy my life. God wants you to enjoy your life. God wants you to live in a good house. Not share a toilet with seven, 70 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God wants it. God, God wants it. God wants it. Not to queue up just to poo poo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You have never queued up to people before, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> public toilet. They call it public toilet. KVIP. Hippic benefit. <laughs> Third year, they say, God wants to meet your needs. Yeah. Basic, basic needs you have, God wants to meet them. You see? God wants you to meet, wants to meet your needs, and he wants you to enjoy... In the book of John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus gave his mission statement very clear. 
Very clear. John 10, 10. He tells you what he came to do. Don't let any preacher twist your mind. He said, for the thief comes only. Only. The thief comes only. Satan. In order to steal, nothing else. Kill and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy what? Have and what? Have and what? Lie and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Have it. Have it. Have it. Have it. Have it. it. Because you see, and, and the reason why that is the case is because whatever God gives you, he's not thinking about you. He's thinking about others. So if it is not overflowing, how will others get some? So think abundance. Think more. Think more. You think the nations that will send us aid, you think they give us what they need? No, 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 no. They give us of their surplus. IMF, three billion. No, 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 no. It doesn't touch them anyway. So they can push. But we can't change it without prosperity. You see, there are things. We have to understand the principles of the kingdom. Kingdom life is about influence. Kingdom life is about control. There is the life in Christ is not just for us to exist in a spiritual vacuum. No, 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 no. We function and we are supposed to influence the world. And to really make influence and make impact, money is a factor. Money is what? Money is a factor. And you have to have God's mind about money. Not your own mind, the world's mind about money. Alright? So, it's key. God wants you to have money. Somebody say, God wants me to have money. And enjoy my life. And be a blessing. Look at that with me. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. I close. Tell us super this year. He said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud. Yeah. Not to be. This is for Christians who. Yeah. For Christians. Not to be proud. No trust in their money, which is so unreliable. What are they to do? Their trust should be where? Uh, who richly what? Gives us all we need for our for our for our for our yeah Ecclesiastes 6 verse 1 and 2 in your life may you not always eat what they have given you to eat eat what you want to eat go where you want to go drive what you want to drive am I communicating here at all it is, it is not a sin. There is another serious strategy I have seen under the sun. When he says under the sun in Ecclesiastes, he's talking about on earth. Under the sun. Where is the sun? Under the sun. And it weighs heavily on humanity. What is it? He said, God gives some people great wealth and honor and everything they could ever want. But then, he doesn't give them the chance to enjoy these things. They die. And someone else. Even a stranger eats up, ends up enjoying their wealth. This is meaningless. A sickening tragedy. You will not suffer that tragedy. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart 
that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.